Elizabeth Debicki, look, we love Elizabeth Debicki, good actress. Fantastic. But it is very evident in this <laughs> film she was that also filming she was the crowd. deep, deep in filming the crowd. And they phoned her and said, we need you to film two days of shooting. She went, oh, oh, Yeah. What a water ball. And okay, I know she's playing another high royal, high yeah. horror, but honestly, every scene that she's in, she did about three scenes, it's just Diana. It's just Diana. It's like, close your eyes. Yeah. And, just, and they're yeah. like, you know, where, where are the guardians now? I think they're actually over on Xander. Particularly, it's terribly sad. I've got Adam Warlock here and he's going to go and blow you up. And I'm like, it's so distracting. <laughs> So I realised over the weekend that I only have one reference to a king's coronation, right. which is Johnny English. Johnny English, of course. Of course. And the that... whole time in my head, I just had for Scotland, <laughs> I do. For Wales, I do. <laughs> for England, <laughs> I do not. How random is it that John Malkovich is so weird? Is the Pas- Pascal Sauvage in one of his most transformative roles, <laughs> yeah. where he, do- he does like the most. It's still very John Malkovich, but it's, but the, it's least like the least John Malkovich. John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Yeah. That's Full a really. Jackson. I wonder if that's known outside of the UK. I that don't much. know. It does. That was the. I mean, I know but they made is. two sequels. Three. It's been three. Yeah, but the two sequels. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Thank but you. they. But that first one was a staple. We, you know, oh, sleepovers. You know, we talked about uh, *The Knight's Tale* being a film that was often played at school on the last day of yeah. term. I think *Johnny English* oh, also is so in that good. category yeah. of safe film. That every, you could watch it a number of times yeah. and enjoy it again. He's charismatic. With an automatic. That's Robbie yeah, yeah. Williams. Robbie Williams singing Watch the theme tune. For the man for our yeah. and it's great. And it's got that visual oh. comedy he can't find in the office at the beginning. He's just you walking through by sticks. The most secure location in the whole of England. <laughs> It's so, he's so good. He's fantastic. He is so so good. The whole building switch where he gets the the hospital oh, and the amazing. Yeah, it's when amazing. he's holding up everyone and yeah. he just sees him. Amazing. Oh uh, yeah, and that whole coronation. You're right. Is the only modern thing. And, and I like that TikTok. You know the uh, the center point for culture across <laughs> the world was was full of Johnny English memes. It was intercutting yeah. the crown going on King Charles and yeah. then Rowan Atkinson smashing <laughs> underneath him. <laughs> Arrest that man! <laughs> and it was pointing at Prince Andrew, which we're not going to It's um, it's uh, a. <laughs> it's like, Arrest that man and lock him away. Terrible. It, it's um. Natalie Brulier is in yeah, there, which I always forget. The, the sort of spy love interest. Yeah. And it do, not, doesn't done much more acting. Acting, no. That, I no. don't think. Have, have she done much more music? I, could I assume you, so. No. You, you could name me what? Uh, another film that Natalie Brulier could has Could you done. name me more than one Natalie no, Brulier song? Is it just Torn? <laughs> Torn. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Great which song. Which is a cover. No. Yes, Torn is a cover. Who it's, by? Who's, who's, who's I don't know, but oh, I, I found whoa. out that it's also Torn is a cover, which broke a lot of people's hearts. Yeah. Whoa, this is just a lot of faith. Great song. This is how I'm feeling. I'm cold now, I am chained. Like, I'm just going to sing while George gets the... Wow, yeah, the yeah. Torn was a, was written by, in 1991 by Scott Cutler and Anne Previn. I hope they got a good... Hang on, a technicality on. there. Only on a technicality, because it says here, according to Wikipedia, the... um. The source of all information that is accurate, Correct obviously. Yes, um, it says here that um, it was ma- written in 1991, um, and the band—it's it, it, a Norwegian band, I want to say here—they um, performed it live, but they did not initially release a recording. Whoa, I bet they're fucking. But they recorded. But then they released a recording. Okay, hang on, let me get this. It was okay. So it's Danish. Torn is a song. Let me get from the top. <laughs> Torn is a song by Scott Cutler, Anne Previn, and Phil Tulaney. Mm. It was first recorded in 1993. 
1994 and, and in 1996. Okay, so actually it was, it, they did put Shot it down on disc. But then Torn is best known as by Australian singer Natalie, Natalie Brudier. Her version was produced by Thorn Alliance, peaked at number one in Belgium, Canada, Denmark, Iceland, Spain, and Sweden. That's what I'm wondering. It's like, does she, does she get, make enough money from that song that she can just kind of keep her trotters up and chill? Tr- keep her trotters up? I've yeah. never heard that phrase. That sounds quite insulting. <laughs> yeah. We just sound like a pig. Yeah. Hey, let me see what else she's been doing recently. Might be an Animal Farm reference. Natalie Imbruglia. Natalie Imbruglia. So she's... She's. Do you know what I mean how much does does like I know I saw one of the biggest royalty songs mm. ever is uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. I'm sure that makes her 10 million quid a year. 10 million pounds a I year. I think it makes her 10 royalties. million. Yeah, Mariah. Keeps Mariah it going. Carey. Uh, All I Want for Christmas is you. Considering the the number of times Film that gets song. looped, the number of films, I'm sure she's got an amazing fee to put that in. As long as she had a good deal to start with. Yeah. As long as it's not all going to the producer. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she makes eight figures a year. Hey Mariah. Don't baby like don't gonna pass the fire. That's from fantasy, but the ODB version, you know, right? Is yeah. a jump, jump. Let me see you do. You know, the old, old dirty bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. comes in and he does a version of it, which is a oh, baby, come on, baby, come on. Oh, when you walk by every night, I leaned away from the microphone. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't. <coughs> Apologies for George screaming into the mic the last ah. episode. I, I do my best to bring him down. Anyway, yeah. Want to hold, hold that was Johnny English. What a, and he climbs up the sewer pipe. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, oh, for God's sake, Poff. It's just a bit of poo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. So Funny, though. Good British comedy. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Anyway, welcome to episode 75 wow. of Pop Kitchen. We've made our this quarter This would quail. be... this. Yeah, this is our quarter quail. This would be our... I don't know. This feels like it, it's deserving of a jubilee in and of itself. Yes. I, I told you the I pop uh, rewatched jubilee. the first Hunger Games uh, accidentally, but sort of not, not intentionally. Yes. Like I didn't plan to go and watch it. I was stuck on a, I had to get a, a coach home from Southampton after a shoot that got cancelled. So it was like a nothing day. So I went yeah. all the way to there. And then um, there was a big problem with the rail. So you had to get a coach, which was like two hours and it was marathon day. Mm. And me and my friends I was working with, we were like on the coach and we were like, we have to watch something. Like scro- just scrolling through Netflix. Like what film is the right amount of entertaining yes. and engaging, like it's a concept film. Yeah. But I don't want to watch something for the first time because I'm on a coach. I'm tired. I'm not really going to be concentrating hugely, but I can dip in and out as and when. A plane movie. You need a plane movie. A, a plane movie. And um, we watched the first Hunger Games. And it's good. Yeah. It is a good film. Yeah. I found there were elements of the writing and actually the editing uh-huh. that I was like, ooh, that's... Even like p- barely paying attention, I was like, that doesn't edit together quite right. Because <laughs> <laughs> like I also edit video. I was like, that just that that edit made that line delivery sound really weird and out of place. It's yeah. kind of I could point it out to you, but I can't really explain why. Um, but other than that, the as was true with a lot of Hunger Games stuff, I found the first half way more interesting than the actual Hunger Games. Than the actual Hunger Games. Oh. So the first, the first. Hunger Games especially it's a lot of hiding in trees and painting yeah. your sort of face into a rock I'm like was this really the most engaging way we could have done yeah yeah like an all out battle royale to the death but anyway mm. uh, it's very engaging I, th- I, th- I do think Catching Fire not that I've rewatched it is probably the strongest of yeah the I know we've mentioned that before then it goes off on one yeah. and then they're bringing it back later this year and someone wrote in was like oh please rewatch them please give them another go yeah because th- there's more I merit I will them than- rewatch the first two and I will be open to seeing the new one for content I never finished Mockingjay part two mm. I just never finished it. I stopped. I was like, I don't care. And this is a yeah. bad movie. Yeah. But guys, today we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. It is out this week. We're going to be talking about it in this episode in a spoiler-free context. Absolutely. So this is all fine for people who have not yet seen the film 
Um, but if you are wanting to talk about in-depth plot details, fear not, because later in the week we will be posting our spoiler thoughts. Just because yes. I think we want to talk about some yeah. in-depth plot Particularly things. Particularly because the way this film is constructed is very much sort of being like a final chapter or yes, a, a, a concluding big, chapter of this particular really arc. really did feel like that. There's a lot of sort of so last day of school there. vibes. And um, so you obviously, you know, feel free to go, go back to that. Podcast episodes are not like egg salad. They don't go off. No. They remain there forever. They, hopefully they're like wine. Yes, they age fine beautifully. wine. <laughs> so hopefully, because sometimes people listen to these things three times. Um, so yeah, whenever you're ready to go, please go to our spoiler spoiler-filled discussion. But yeah, should we get on with... I think we should crack on the show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. So, George, on Friday night, we saw a film together. We did. It was nice. We actually went socially. Yeah. Went out for pizza with our respective other halves. And we went to the lovely Picture House Central. Very nice. Which I've only been to once before. You guys have never been. No. But I was aware that it's a very nice venue. It's big. For the location, it's a large It's a very large venue. And peaceful. Like There's a big bar upstairs where you can relax without feeling like central I'd London. I work there and do emails yeah. in, a, in a day court in London. Really very nice. nice space. And I knew this because I went to see Monos. Have I ever talked about Monos? No. Oh, Monos. Sounds Greek. Re- no, it's it's... <laughs> Colombian, I want to say. Okay. It's a Colombian film that I saw in 2019. Fantastic film. Yeah. And it's uh, and it was the sound, I remember in the picture house central being like really good. Mm. And sure enough, when we went to Guardians, mm. the sound was really good. Sound, you mentioned it, yeah. and it's a really uh, sort of uh, finely dialed in surround experience, yeah. which I know all cinemas kind of have a version of, but I really felt it when mm. explosion happened behind camera. I was like, oh, that's behind, yeah, that's exploded it, yeah. behind my ear. Um, but yeah, we did. We went and we got we got overpriced posh. We really, snacks. I really went to the snacks. Yeah, we it was did. Like an event. I'm with some friends. It's a big popcorn kind of film. What was the ice cream in a gelatin mochis. thing? Mochi. They, they, they had delicious. mochis there. If you know mochi, you know what it is. But mm. yeah, I got I got uh, the other half got some candy kittens. Mm. You so love those. I you actually, I've oh seen you go through them. Like, I go to town. Like, <laughs> you and George have been at events where we were sort of invited and they're like free candy kittens and I've taken more than my oh, allocated share of candy kittens. I'll I've stolen have... off other people's tables candy kittens. Yeah, I, I, something happens, in, it's like a shark. Your eyes roll back <laughs> yeah. and you get the scent of candy kittens and you're like, Arr, 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 and I'm this, looking at you. Oh, no, James, please. This is not sponsored, but candy kittens feel free to get in touch. I would love <laughs> a delivery. I mean, it would kill me, but just a delivery of candy yeah. kittens and uh, some Maltesers. So really, I I just went all out. Yeah. I've already had a massive pizza. But yeah, so we uh, we watched Guardians 3 and um, you know, when the Marvel does the uh, the logo with the, in, you know, yeah. it's got the little like sort of letters dun, with little dun, clips dun, dun, of dun, the dun. thing. And I realized, God, you know what? Guardians is, a, is, a, is its own series. It's old. 
Mm-hmm. First one came out, 2014. That's right, yeah. And it's almost like, you know, as the Marvel years have gone on and the films have evolved, we've got these mini franchises within our franchises. Mm. The, the, the black hole red dwarf of Marvel is so big, it has its own revolving solar yeah. systems within it. And I was thinking, God, I was sort of 18, 19 when the first Guardian films, Guardian films came, yeah. film came out. And, um, I think you were, yeah, 20 actually, because it's you were thank you. 1994, just to do some math for Whatever. you. Whatever, <laughs> long time ago. And I was like, God, yeah, the Marvel, the Marvel universe yeah. ever goes on. But this is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Mm-hmm. And it's the first one we've had after the sort of, I don't know what, because someone just dropped a load of scaffolding outside. <laughs> ah! um, it's the first Guardians film we've had, uh, not counting Thor, Love and Thunder, where we sort of post end game. Yes. We, we've had this sort of big hard stop of a story. And I think like there is this sort of uh, question as to where does everyone go on? How mm. do we react from that? In this film, we have Peter Quill, played by the wonderful Chris Pratt, mm. who is very much sort of, as we remember from the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, yes. in a little bit of a rut, he's a little bit depressed. Gamora, played by Zoe Saldana, is not the version of Gamora that yeah. we all, and Peter Quill, fell in love with. If you watched Avengers Endgame, you will know, and I assume you kind of know the homework, that yeah. because of a time heist that took place, Gamora was killed so that Thanos could get the Soul Stone. They had to go back in time to undo the work of Thanos, bringing back a version of Gamora that does not know the Guardians, that is not in love with Peter Quill. And that's sort of where she's at. And she's sort of her angry daughter of Thanos, Mm -hmm. not really empathetic or caring the world version of herself. And Peter Quill is kind of like, you're kind of an arsehole. We've got Pom Clementif and uh, playing... Mantis. Mantis and uh, Dave Bautista playing Drax, Mm -hmm. who are as uh, completely... (laughs) unselfconscious yeah yeah uh, they do not they they have no empathy yeah yeah, yeah. no sense of self-awareness well actually no i mean that is is nothing but empathy that's true yes nothing but but drax is completely uh, but with like uh she's so empathetic to the point where she actually like isn't able to read certain Mm. situations that's right and they're they're just a great uh comedic presence and what is uh, a lot of this but we've got obviously vin diesel returning as iron Groot, uh, or Groot as his Groot. please but you can call me mr Groot. <laughs> yeah, but if you asked him his name he would say i am Groot." <laughs> please i am Groot was my father <laughs> yes, you can call me mr. Groot. and uh what this film really focuses on is bradley cooper's rocket yes, and yeah. it very much serves as an orange sorry sirens are on orange uh, very much serves as an origin story for Rocket, which had been hinted at in earlier films. Yes. He had said lines like, they ripped me apart and put me back together, yeah. I think in the first Guardians yeah, film. Yeah, he gets angry. Yeah. And I know in the comics that people have said that that's been really explored and it's a really great character arc. And um, what has happened is we open the film and they're in, hanging out in Nowhere, which is kind of like their little safe space, yeah. a sort of micro community. On that point Please. as well, Nowhere, which is that ancient dead head of a celestial being that yes. was in was where the collector lived w- w- was in the first guardians right that i don't remember them moving to nowhere i remember them being there on guardians it's nice now, holiday special it? but they were just like oh this is nowhere i was like oh that place from before you yeah you, you've all moved there is you, that okay? the same place where thanos killed the collector in front of yes he didn't and, actually kill him but he oh yes but, he but that, that, that like is exactly that place tivan and um also uh just quickly um no mention of thor at all isn't it no. funny? And I, I think that we'll talk about this, but it's a bit like James Gunn being like, that's great, I'm doing Guardians. Yes, this and is my thing. Yeah, please. not the whole rest yeah. of the MCU. And, so. and speaking of James Gunn, it is his last hurrah in Marvel before he crosses the uh, the picket line. Yes. <laughs> well, not picket line, the, 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 the country borders. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the sw- switch aside. To go and front and fix, let's be honest, yeah. <laughs> the entire slate of DC. Uh, so that's an interesting one. He was also, of course, mini-cancelled and then uncancelled and yeah. brought back for this, uh, much to the cast's delight. Uh, but we've got this origin story of Rocket Raccoon and we start with uh, a scene where 
Adam Warlock, played by Will Poulter, Mr. Yes. Eyebrows, comes storming into nowhere for uh, reasons. Yes. <laughs> no, no, we'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's a slight disservice to Will Poulter. We love him. We oh, carry love Will Poulter. Yeah. Sorry. And, um, comes uh, storming in. You seen Son of Rambo? What a film. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, comes storming in and for reasons we're not quite sure of and attacks the Guardians and activates this kill switch within Rocket. And they realize that part of the uh, sort of cyborg-esque features of, Rac- mm. of Rocket Raccoon has a kill switch within him. And they're sort of desperate to try and figure out how they can stop this kill switch from, from taking place. Well, exactly, yeah. So in this sort of skirmish that they quickly have, he, yeah. he's injured and they yeah, run a scan and it's like this thing on his heart. They, have, they, like, can't, they can't fix him. He's injured yes. and they can't fix it because he has this thing. So they, need, they, they realize that they need to trace his history, his origin. To find out who he is. They've got who this like is. medical belt, which is almost like a cure-all for things. But yeah. if you've got like a... If, if, a, if you haven't have, have a like pacemaker, pacemaker like he does. <laughs> you're screwed. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like a, a really awful pacemaker yeah. that he's got an old school yeah. one that runs on coal. And, and sort of there goes on this quest to learn more about Rocket Raccoon. Uh, so much of the Guardians has been about... Uh, trying to find out who you are, your family, mothers, fathers, yes. what you fight for, who you fight for, what that means to you. And there we go on and have Guardians 3. Mm. Uh, George, straight in, your impressions of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah, so this actually, this film really surprised me yeah. because going in, I had kind of mixed feelings because on the one hand, I love the Guardians. Yeah. Uh, Guardians 1 is my favorite Marvel film. Mm. I've seen it plenty of times. It still holds up. I've had a lot of fun with it. And, and it really sort of, we've mentioned this before, I think until Guardians 1, we, we, I don't think we take credit for it taking, mm. the apart from yes. Asgard, which I really kind of count separately to yeah. this kooky, quirky, Marvel, planetary, yeah. space hopping. That was the first one to really lift the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. off planet Earth. We have this new visual language for how our planets and our characters and our yes. aliens look. And it was its own brand of humor, which I think very much yes. informed the rest of the totally. MCU. Totally. The, the rest of the brand identity of the MCU, I think, owes. Now you can see it nine years later. Yeah. It was so much influence. There's no Taika Waititi doing Ragnarok without Guardians happening first. Um, So that's interesting. And so going into this thing, well, I love Guardians 1, but but nine years ago, you know, that's why. But there are points in this film which... It's the first time in a, in a in a in a Marvel film that I've felt nostalgic for earlier yes. Marvel. This franchise, the, this behemoth, has gone on for so long now yes. that we're getting to the point that we're nostalgic for an earlier point of Isn't the same that universe. Crazy. That yeah. is crazy. Um, so I so I went in with that. I I didn't enjoy Guardians two as much. I don't think it's bad, Me but too. I find it a bit annoying. Look, there's something about like the first one was so charming, and the second one was a little bit like smarmy, a little bit like swaggery. Like, oh my god, we did so well with Guardians. Yeah. Why are we going to do this? I didn't like the fact that most of it just took place on one planet, on yeah. Ego, and I, I that just wasn't fun. Um, and then of course you get um, Infinity War and Endgame, and it's great to have them in that. And obviously, like Rocket plays an important role in Endgame. I also think at that point in the MCU, I had itchy feet. I was like, yeah, but can we just get to Infinity War? Yeah, now? yeah like, yeah, come yeah. on, let's just yeah. get the, let's get everyone, let's line our ducks in a row and go. Yeah. Um, oh, how are the ducks? Um, there we go. And then, uh, you know, obviously Endgame finishes, and then Guardians turn up in Thor, but very uh, missed, just doesn't, ca- that whole a film doesn't note, cash on a that. Footnote that on the contract yeah. of the Guardians, yeah. And then a Guardians holiday special, which is fine, but again, felt a bit like meaningless. Yes. And then, yes, we approached Guardians 3, so I, I think he mixed, like, okay, how am I going to. What, how, how, is it, how, how, how is this going to operate? And I'm sorry, let's be honest, the recent Marvel outings well, exactly. have been poor. Exactly. I, I think. I've in, not in agreed the time the MCU with, is... And, and sorry, on a completely separate note, I read an article where uh, Elizabeth Olsen said that the writers of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness had not seen the script for WandaVision before they wrote it. Wow. Which makes so, so much yeah. sense. 
How yeah. could you like, like? Of course, it. Of course, yeah. they didn't. Anyway. Please. Anyway. But anyway, so we go to see it, and also I'm thinking as well, yeah, like this is six years since the first, last solo uh, Guardians thing, yeah. and, and the nine years since things. This film really surprised me though, mm-hmm. because I, I have to say, it completely won me over. Yeah, I found that the longer it went on, the more I enjoyed it. Okay, and honestly, I can say now it's the most enjoyable Marvel experience I've had since Endgame, and I would probably put it in my top five Marvel films uh, of the whole series. Right. Okay. For reasons that we will discuss. Yes. I thought it just had such a good, massive, big heart. It's mm. so heartfelt. It really understands that whole story with um, with Rocket using that. Heartbreaking. It just emotionally grounds and anchors the story in a way that you're completely involved. It begins with a sort of almost Paddington-esque <laughs> CGI use <laughs> of um, young raccoon's oh, eyes. Yeah. And it just involves you. And, and that whole... Um, through line I thought was just really really well done mm. and there are bits in it with to do with family and, and and the way we'll talk about this in the spoiler chat but the way this whole film concludes I, I loved the way it ended with every single character the way it wrapped up and everything was done so well that it's that kind of like emotional heartfeltness but what, what I also really liked was that it became immediately apparent that James Gunn has and always has had a very very clear grasp on who these characters are, yeah. what they need to do, the emotional dynamics of it, the personality of this universe, and the identity of this particular franchise of, of, of characters. It was my favorite way seeing those characters interact. They, they all felt really well realized and they all had a great comedic yes. presence and, and story. Was, all of them were used very absolutely. well. There was never, except for one thing, which I'll get to later, but there was never a, a time where I felt uncertain about what the film was doing. I really yeah. felt that like the film knew exactly what it wanted you to get from each single thing. And I really, really enjoyed that. I, I didn't get annoyed at all by anything. I mean, interesting because you laughed more than me. I laughed a lot. Yeah, you laughed a lot. I, I mean, really I, I, was, I was chuckling, but like, I just, there was a point in the third act, which is a long third act. It's, it, four, it's a four act film, I'll get on to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a two hour, it's, it's a two and a half hour film actually, yeah. which is longer than the other ones. But like, there's a point in the third act where I was just like, I'm really, really enjoying this. The, yeah. the third act in particular is very well choreographed in that, it's that thing we talked about before where, Something's over there that needs to be done, but then you can't do that because then someone's been taken over there. And the meanwhile, and, and there's all these um, miscellaneous multi-threats happening at the same time, yeah. which play off each other, which I really enjoyed. Um, I was I was expecting a film that's all about Quill trying to find Gamora. And I, I really so liked that it didn't. wasn't that. It wasn't that movie. And, and now if it, what it would have been, it would have been kind of strange yeah, and odd. It's, it's, um, I'm really glad that they, they uh, and the way that they, they deal with that storyline is great. Um, but yeah, in a time when like superhero, I know I haven't kept up with the MCU as much as you have recently, yeah. but in a time when it feels like not just Marvel, but all superhero IP is having an identity crisis. Yeah. So obviously like DC is just being rebooted, mm. but also like, I know I didn't see Ant-Man Quantumania, but I think the issue there was like, you have a, the Ant-Man films, low stakes, San Francisco set Ant-Man. Yeah. And you've just forgotten all of that, wiped that clean and put him in, uh, you know, set CGI up. realm. And it, it almost like Doctor Strange as well. It's like, yeah, we're just going to make this about multiverse. It really feels like these are separate franchises within yes, the franchise. Yes, totally. I almost like these are different writers, different directors, different vision, yeah. different characters. It's very fun when they come together. But like, I actually am seeing the, them all 
do yeah. their own, find their own voice. But I, but that's so in the context of that, having a film that was so clear about what it was and what it wanted to be, mm-hmm. I was just, just so refreshing. And I was like, this is what it should be. This yeah. is what it should be. It doesn't need to be anything more than this. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's emotionally engaging. It's got spectacle. I didn't think any of the CGI looked rubbery as we've had no, problems it was, with. It was really, really quite w- sharp. For, for considering how yeah. opulent and bright and uh, expressive it is yeah. with costume and location, it wasn't bad yeah. to look at. And also, I liked that you could still have a little bit of individual director flair coming through. And that you know, last year when we talked about each two the directors of the MCU and what mm-hmm. they'd done before. So James Gunn, who had worked in like trauma stuff, which is like kind of squishy, gory, low budget horror films. There are moments in the in the Guardians universe in this in this film which are like, oh, that's weird. That's a weird thing. And there's a, two particular moments of gruesome gore that I was like, mm. whoa, wow, we're gonna do that in this film. That's pretty yeah. um bloody, very bloody. And the film also has just such a um such a specific sense of humor as well to its world yeah. that I, I I just really enjoyed. I do have a couple of reservations. Should I say that now or do you want me to hand over to you? I mean, I agree with, uh, yeah, yeah. We can, uh, do you not go for it? Okay, well, I was just going to say, my, my only th- my, actually, my only main reservation, it's not a reservation, because I, I actually enjoyed it wholeheartedly. I really had a great time with this. And actually, sorry, in the days, we're recording this two days after seeing it, in the days since, I've had that kind of warm post-film glow mm. when you've seen something really enjoyable. Um, Adam Warlock is uh, is the is the film's kind of weak link. Will Poulter is great. He's, He's a great, great actor. And as he shows in this film, he has and always has had impeccable comic timing. Yes. He is brilliant. But the film is... I said how certain the film is. That's the one uncertainty. The film doesn't really know... I feel like they made a promise a few years ago in a post credit scene. And to they do were Adam like, Warlock. Do, remember we did say we were going to do that, guys. Yeah. I think we should uh, And it's write him very in. quickly... This isn't even a spoiler, I think, because it's even yeah. not the first 15 minutes. Adam Warlock isn't really the villain of this no. film. He's an antagonist. But he's a very loud-looking character with yes. lots of powers. and Indefined. Ill-defined. Indefined powers. Oh, His skin is, like, painted yellow with a jewel, and he's very, like boy yeah. superman and, and he, i'm like it's, what, there's, this, this there's this one vein of guardians 3 that basically picks up on guardians 2 in a way that i'm like that's actually quite a long time ago guardians 2 and so much has happened since that bringing back adam warlock is bring is part of the sovereign which was elizabeth debicki who was the gold people remember the gold yes, people the, yeah and um and and they turn up and that whole plot i was like oh we could have just I, I was happy you could have just left those people i didn't yeah. need to bring them back but okay there they are and um sylvester stallone turning up in the most pointless inclusion at all like four lines and, and two days of filming <laughs> after, after, after the credits so we were like how much do you think slice Stallone gets yeah, to just yeah. do like what would be three days of filming because he's an expensive actor but he's also he brings not nothing in it. he could have been he could have been cut and added nothing but it would it's be again, a few hundred like grand said, if not a million to do so exactly. little to the film. it's like they said Oh, he was in Guardians 2. And to make that make sense, we've got to bring it in. Bring the gang back. Elizabeth Debicki. Look, we love Elizabeth Debicki. Good actress. Fantastic. But it is very evident in this (laughs) film. She was also filming the crowd. (laughs) Deep, deep in filming the crowd. And they phoned her and said, We need you to film two days of shooting. She went, Guardians. Yeah. What what a ball. And okay, I know she's playing another high royal horror, but honestly, every scene that she's (laughs) in, she's in about three scenes, it's just Diana. (laughs) It's just Diana. It's like, Close your eyes. And And they're like, You know, where, where are the Guardians now? I think they're actually over on Xander. Particularly, it's terribly sad. I've got Adam Warlock here and he's going to go and blow you up. And I'm like, it's so distracting. It's really distracting. And I, I can't think of what her Guardians 1 performance was like to compare it to, but yeah. it was it was. It's there. not the same. Um, but also, um, what I do like is uh, there are little inclusions that sort of tie this sort of whole franchise to a close, which is there there are small, like the character in the first Guardians who runs the pawn shop, who's quite posh, 
he turns up in this very, right, like yeah, towards yeah. the end just as a minor thing I'm like oh I like that little ceiling like recur- and also the character in the first Guardians who Drax steals his knife and he's like and he's like that was my favourite knife it's a throwaway oh, line right. Is he, he, he turns up in one scene oh, nice. like I liked that kind of attention to detail anyway those are my thoughts overall really positive I, I had a really great time with it I think this is what it should be James I had a very good time with it I really did I think we saw it in a good environment I did laugh it was probably the funniest yeah. uh, the funniest Marvel film for a long time or even since a Guardians film um, I, one of the things I'm uh, as again like a meta Marvel thing I think I'm wondering how they're going to keep this going is this Grey's Anatomy problem I've talked about mm. before when you're in season 18 of Grey's Anatomy it starts to become a little bit silly how many things have happened to these yes. characters especially when you're doing a podcast or you're trying to explain to <laughs> someone like my girlfriend who's, who's not seen any Marvel post Avengers 1 yeah. I'm trying to explain to her the Gamora situation which in this film by the way I counted they tried to explain it four times they did very well yeah. but they had to explain it in different ways. They mentioned the Soul Stone, they mentioned this, they mentioned the fact that they came back to really like have someone who's not seen this film before understand because... Which is more than other films have actually tried. Good for it for at least attempting to. Other films just assume you know. And a lot of these films now are coming in with this baggage of the entire plot lines of 20... Is it 30 now? must be 30 films. Um, And I'm wondering, is this starting to almost sound a bit ridiculous? Because even in a world like Marvel, so many things have happened and Mm. these characters are starting to, I think... They, 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 are, they are at risk of being slightly um, uh, back, backstory fatigued. Yes. There's only so much an actor can remember what's happened to them in a performance and try and make the events happening to them now yeah. feel normal and relevant. Do you know what I mean? No, no, it, I it do. It becomes a bit hard. But that's you, also what I liked about this film was trying to resolve. Yeah. I think Guardians 3 did such a good job of carrying all their pre- previous stories from the three Guardians films, the two mm. events, well, let's be honest, Infinity War's the main one they're yeah. in, and to have all of that baggage and still have a story that really works and feels um, relevant and it makes me want to tune in because I think this is a story that is worth paying attention to. Mm. And I think they did that by having a tone that is really different to what loads of other Marvel films were death and goodbyes were a constant uh, were just present throughout the whole film's runtime yeah. it really did feel like i said last day of school mm. where the energy's a little bit weird and we do feel like everything's kind of winding down and, and it was, mm, that's right had a real real sense of threat for all characters threat. i really did think who's gonna not make it? and they really could have done it because yeah. you had that tone throughout the whole time of this might be the end for a lot of people this might not be the very big yeah. happy we're all going to come together that i think gave it a real sense of gravitas and it made me really sort of wonder oh i don't know where this is going and that's what i really liked it for i did laugh i did think you there did some, lot, some, yeah. some jokes that really really got me um i'd had a couple of beers so maybe that was <laughs> that was there as well but like the if you know the joke with the carrot just really cracked me up yeah everything with um nathan fillion i just yes. thought was really funny really. and just that's I, that's what i meant by that really specific guardian sequitur humor that's it's irrelevant. like this is a weird planet and i'm a human yeah but like i understand things so different yeah. to you and i've my all my rules and like the costumes you look at them and they're just so ridiculous they remind me of like old doctor who yes yes but um it, it just works and you just believe this a lot of it is like spongy and i yeah. can see that that's real this location is ridiculous and there's a scene i'm not spoiler talking but like there's a very 1970s set um domestic setting for oh. one of them, which is so, so weird it's so weird but i Niche, but it, I, I totally get it as well. All the earth, the alternate yeah, earth. Counter earth. Counter yeah, counter yeah, earth. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just... Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Just all these little shots that I'm just like, this is evoking so many things. I know exactly what you're trying to do. And it's so funny. Uh, yeah. So that being said, I really enjoyed it. We mentioned before, it kind of felt like a four act film. And mm. it's interesting you said that the third act is, 
you, you were really on for it. I, it did start to lose me in the third act. Oh, really? I felt like it, it, it was overly long. I felt like there were two sort of final sequences that I sort of thought we were coming to the end, and I realized, oh, there's actually a whole nother one. Not saying that's a problem, but I felt like, because we established this really great emotional heartbeat and this sort mm. of tenderness that this film was coming with, I felt like the bagginess of its last 30 minutes had a, had a lot, a real drag factor on its emotional momentum. Oh, okay. And it started to slightly, like you've got some great moments where our characters come together and have a really cool thing. I just yeah. think you had a good 15 minutes of kind of generic lull mm. that for me could have been gone. Oh, really? And then, then the villain who, you know, it's, it's hard when you've got these in between villains. Like we get so much depth in our Thanos oh, and yeah, yeah. arguably yeah. Our, our Kang. The one film villains. And yeah. I feel like all this villain had to do towards the end of the film is just scream a little bit louder. And I was like, there's actually no more, there's no, not like another element for you to, to twist me with. I just felt like you just screamed louder. And I was a little bit like, I don't really care about you. Uh, I think I think I feel more kindly about it. Yeah. I, I don't ever feel, I actually don't remember feeling a lull throughout, throughout the entire film. I right. remember feeling this one's got a, pace this film moves at oh, quite... so, you know, i was like this needs to oh I, really I, i'm getting I, I get it i know what you're trying to do you need to like wrap well, it up no i know yeah. I, I maybe maybe that's not when your beer wore off and you were getting you were just <laughs> craving for another one first two acts apart from the opening which i found a bit jarring with the the immediate yeah action scene all of that i was in and we were moving and i just found like you, you tried to sustain the momentum of a third mm. act for too long and you did four acts okay i mean i i, I like i thought uh, the high evolutionary was a good villain actually i yeah. thought the actor i think i think as you said being a one film villain is really hard really hard and what Chukwudi Iwuji does yeah. is balance the, he gets the necessary right balance of just enough camp and just so enough guardians. threat sure so i i i I always felt when he was on screen, particularly in the flashbacks, to be very threatening. Yeah. And to bring a presence and to not... To, to, you know, when you're doing a shouty, screamy villain, you could end up... The worst thing you could do is be like Eddie Redmayne in Jupiter Ascending, right? <laughs> Which I've not seen, but... Yeah, but I've seen the Me Too. Yeah. The claims, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mother, I bring love! <laughs> Sorry, I shouted. It's fine. Do we do it again? <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Um, uh, but but he doesn't do that. He he. I think I think he works, and um, I agree that yeah, he gets a bit shouty towards the end. But mm. I don't know. I that's part of his deterioration. I could still understand in his arc why he's fraying and why he's getting so incensed. Mm. Um, his powers are also quite ill-defined. But Very I guess who as well with the way his skin is like repealed onto yes. his face and clipped that, on that, with yeah. bull bulldog clips that like little strapped. Um, element of just like grotesquery yes uh like fine beauty but sort of you realize it's sort of been hatcheted together there's a great uh, there's, uh, there's so many cool moments as well there are individual particularly with Groot there's some good bits where i was like that's really cool yeah. and that's really good Groot is in like fully he's back to his full power and he's, he's a really cool he's absolutely huge and they, they have this like let's like fire up kaiju Groot. It's like no do not fire up kaiju Groot. And Groot like goes into yeah. like godzilla and they're like no we don't need that i um i think that I don't know whether, whether this is maybe why we're slightly different, but I never watched the trailer for this film. I never saw it. Okay. So I knew I did. nothing going in. So I don't I was... feel like the trailer, I think the trailer did a good job of not revealing okay. that much. I feel like the trailer led you down this idea of, oh, it's going to be Peter Quill trying to convince Gamora to fall in love with him again. And that it wasn't that. I do, I do think it's interesting how... Um, but hang it... on, sorry. So just 
Yeah. Wait, no, finish up. Go on. Sorry. No, no, go on. No, you start. I was going to say, I think it's interesting how it made me think about all of these other points to do with animal experimentation, mm. like people wanting to... Yeah, it's, it's really... Like, it, I think we can t say this is part of the plot. It was this idea that Rocket Raccoon was part of this group of experimented animals who were being d experimented on to enhance their cognitive function and their physicality, yeah. to find a way to solve algorithms, to find a cure and a fix for the perfect yeah. society. And they were sort of kept, he was kept in cages yeah. with a bunch of other animals and if they weren't no longer useful they would just essentially be discarded but what they were given is consciousness and the yeah. ability to speak and 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 basically like fall in love and make friends yeah. it's just so sad yeah it's brilliant it was some brilliant. of those beats i saw coming from like Lin a mile away Linda cardellini voicing one of them who Lila. i want to know if that is the only actor to appear in the mcu twice as different oh, characters because she plays hawkeye's wife oh nice and that is just a little bit of observation there. But I wonder. I don't can't think off the top of my head if there's anyone else. But yeah, that is it. Um, but so on the whole, you felt positive. But I think positive, I felt much more positive. I, I would I happily rewatch that. I I will rewatch it on a on a cozy day. But I I do I do think it was overly long. I do think it was baggy. I th I but think, the, but it ended so well. It did. Do you, did not, do you well. think? Do you not think the way it concluded everyone's arc? Yeah, you know, it had a real like sort of uh, sad somber ending as well. There, yeah. there wasn't as much of like yeah, like we're ending. Was it, was like, it, it, it was an emotionally mature ending. Yes, that's what I'd say. Yeah, without and that's not spoiling anything. And we will we will talk about it. By the way, if you're, a, I just want to sympathise. Mm. So we saw that on the Friday it came out. Yeah. Maybe the day after. It can, sometimes they come out on a Thursday, they right? They do like a Thursday, yeah. But the next morning, my TikTok was full of spoilers. Really? Just, was it? I'm like, I'm so glad I saw this film because oh, I, wow. there were like clips, bits that people had clearly filmed in the cinema of the ending and things really? like that. And I was like, Jesus Christ. It's terrible. Yeah. So just, you are warned guys, if you go seeing a massive film like this, just try Be and careful, stay clear. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Have you seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3? If you have, write into Hello at Pop Kitchen Podcast and let us know your thoughts. Hello at popkitchenpodcast.com, I yes. should say. Otherwise, it'll be implied. floating around in the ether. It's yeah. implied. Um, do you agree with us? Did you like it? Or did you dislike it? What are your thoughts? I'm glad it's a little sort of correction onto the, the better side of Marvel stuff. It, it has uh, yes. been a little bit... Uh, a lot of my sort of non-filmy friends are like, God, Marvel's really... I'm not really interested anymore. It is a yeah. little bit. And I, I haven't been able to properly recommend a Marvel film in a while. But I also do think that the the, fina the finality of it, the fact that it knows it is trying to draw a conclusion, mm. gives it such focus and gives it yes. such a sense of purpose, like a, a raison d'etre. It gives mm. a complete reason to exist. And I never, I felt that throughout the entire thing. Do you think it does, uh, Marvel are doing themselves a disservice by announcing eight years worth of films? Well, no, like four years well, worth of films. Because like, I know this film is coming, but so this, therefore... Yes, I had that with the middle part of, like, the last decade. When, when yeah. Age of Ultron came about, yeah. I remember being like... This isn't the... Yeah, but I was like, well, it's not the first Avengers, which we've had, yeah. and we know you've got to do Infinity War in three years' time, yeah. and this was very much like a stepping stone. Mm. And I do think that is a problem yeah, if you over-announce. Because we know what the next seven films and, are. And this isn't a spoiler. Thankfully, the word multiverse and the multiverse oh, as a concept is not what nothing to do with this film. Yeah. Completely separate. No. Well, I, I didn't even think of that, but what a refresh. There wasn't many inversions of different characters coming yeah. in and just breaking the rules. Yeah. Oh, God, that's so true. Anyway, let us know your thoughts at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. That was Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. 
We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Guys, it's that time of the episode again when we go through some of the emails that you send us to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Colin writes into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and says, hello, James and George. Hello. Forgive me if this topic was covered, but while listening a few episodes, but not all, brackets, it's not you, it's me, lack of time, so I choose episodes with movies I'm more interested in, but I do revisit episodes once I've seen the movies talked about. I don't take it personally. That's fair, I understand. Uh, You guys talk as fondly about animated films as much as you talk about live action ones, Mm -hmm. which is nice and refreshing compared to other critics that just write off all animation as childish. You put critics in inverted commas. Who's writing off animation as childish in Um, this day and age? I think people who don't watch a lot of films. Yeah. I think that is the While this is nice, I've noticed that you tend to talk mostly about 3D animated movies and not 2D animation. So what are your favourite 2D animated movies? Explain. So 3D, Shrek is 3D. Got it. Right? Uh, uh, Snow White 2D, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2D. Got it. It's got nothing to do with glasses and something reaching out. It's like uh, computer-generated depth versus cartoon hand-drawn. Got it, okay. That makes sense. Um, normally, my mind goes straight towards the Japanese anime, such as Akira, the Studio Ghibli films, and mm. recently Suzume, which had a theatrical release in the US. However, you also have things like DreamWorks' as Prince of Egypt, which is oh, great. Oh, yeah, we mentioned that. Uh, Road to El Dorado and Spirit. Oh, Thanks, wow, Colin. Road to El Dorado. I love the Emperor's New Groove. Oh, so funny. Yeah. The, the poison. Cronk, like, <gasps> my spinach puffs. <laughs> I don't remember that. I actually, actually, you know what? I, really, oh, I saw that in so cinema. There's so a like in the final action sequence when they're like really high up at the top of the building. They're having this fight scene <laughs> and they manage to knock off Eva, the evil one, who's at the po- this point a cat and she's falling, falling, falling and it cuts to another scene and then it's on the ground and this guy's like, for the last time, I did not order this giant trampoline. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat goes, just goes back up just because for a lot of reasons they didn't want to kill the villain then they're like how do we get her back from falling that is so it's good so so and funny. you know you must have seen the meme where it's like especially when we were at uni it's like uh you know when you're trying to bump, bump up that word count and it's like yeah. the poison uh, the poison for cusco the poison specifically intended for cusco cusco's, cusco's poison poison. <laughs> poison for cusco cusco's poison voiced by what's his name from seinfeld um, uh buddy patrick warburton oh, yeah. iconic boy and he plays um voices joe and family guy yeah, just yeah. Listen to me, we're going to go get Cusco's poison, <laughs> all right? Cusco. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't, I, in terms of, t- t- I mean, we've just covered something there. I can't think uh, of- Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Of course. Absolutely um, amazing. Um, I want to say, obviously like Disney very much dominates that sphere from <laughs> the sort of 20th century. I mean, we like them, but we don't, I think they're just not as prominent or as mm. prevalent as- Hold on. I mentioned the Prince of Egypt for Passover. Yeah, that is good. really, really good, fantastic yeah. version of that story that stands up years later. Do you know what doesn't stand up and no one talks about? It's Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yes, the Ridley Scott. Christian Bale and Tar- uh, not Taron Egerton, Joel Edgerton. Joel Edgerton, yeah, yeah. Mm. That's like he Ridley Scott loves a big period set war epic with as many extras as he can yes. afford. He really does. Like he's, I know he's doing Napoleon and Gladiator too. That is he's just doing Napoleon. His 
Yeah, yeah, really? he's doing a Polish. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix playing the oh, Polish. He's doing that, is he? Oh, yeah. That's Ridley. Okay. Yeah, Ridley's got him very hit and miss at the moment. I think. Yeah, I he's, he's in that stage. No offense, Ridley. But. Well, I think he's going back to his kind of style of uh, I'm going to make these big old school war epic. Is he doing the Gladiator? And... I didn't think he was doing Gladiator. Oh, maybe he's producing it. To find out who's doing Gladiator 2. I know he's doing Napoleon. No, he is directing Gladiator sequel. And that's coming out next year. Great cast. Paul Meskel. Napo- get this. Paul Meskel, Barry Keoghan, Joe Quinn from Stranger Things, which you won't know, but he was really great in the, yeah. la- the breakout star of the latest season. And Pedro Pascal. So that's interesting. Um, Napoleon is coming out this year and Gladiator 2 is coming out next year. So 2023 and 2024, he's releasing two films of that scale of that budget. How has he wow. found the time to shoot and edit he's got those behemoths? Yeah, yeah. he's got clothes. He's got There's clothes. seven of him just in a room. Is that, is that weird? That is mad. Anyway, Colin, I hope you've answered your email fairly yes. enough. This next email is from Jordan. By the way, sorry, random one. You know we keep getting emails about guilty pleasures. Yes. And, I, and, I, and we, we've had it so many times that we always forget. Mm. I, I, was ca- I caught a little bit of the edit, you know, of last, last week's episode with about... Uh, what our guilty pleasures were. I didn't want to say, but I've said it before and I will say it for this one. If you had to say guilty pleasure, I would just say the film that no one, you know, would think to hold up anyway. Alan Partridge movie, Alpha Papa. Oh, that's yeah, my yeah. guilty pleasure. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's like a, that. A, that qualifies as a guilty pleasure. But it's not, it's not a bad film. It's not a bad film at all, but I think it's guilty pleasure in the sense that it's like no one else is like, you're not watching that to talk to anyone. No one else is championing that film. No one else is like talking about that sure. film. Sure, a lot yeah, of people don't like that character. It's like, it's adapted from TV. Yeah. But it, I know it's not a guilty pleasure it at all, great, but like, yeah. I would say, oh, that's the one I'd whack on. Yeah. Did you ever watch Mindhorn? No, is that oh, good? It's funny. Yeah. It's with um, Julian yeah, Clary. From, that's really Not Julian Clary. No, I <laughs> always do this. Who is it? Julian from, uh, from Mighty Boosh. Mighty Boosh Julian, yeah. Anyway. Uh, that's really funny. It's a really weird style of humor that I think a lot of... If they said I don't find that funny, I'd be like, I really get it. But it, when I saw it in cinema, it really tickled me. This next email is from Jordan, who Hello, says... Jordan. Hi, James and George. My name is Jordan, and I'm a new friend of the show from Cardiff in South Wales. Nice. Surprisingly, I'm not one of the... I'm not one of the many that found you through TikTok. I was browsing Spotify for a film podcast one day and decided to give yours a go based solely on the fact that your name is a pun of one of my all-time favorite movies. I love that SEO. Yes, nice. I've been binging ever since. Thank you for keeping me sane at my my miserable job. Oh, Jordan, I'm sorry. I hope it pulls through. My big film opinion is that trailers ruin films. Yeah. I think they completely spoil the surprise of a film and rob you of the emotions that come with experiencing everything for the first time and actually watching it. My biggest, exam- my biggest example of this is that I managed to avoid all trailers slash posters and spoilers for No Way Home. Whoa. That I've, was hard. Yes. I've been a massive Spider-Man fan. A Spider-Man, Spider-Man fan. fan. My whole life. So I cannot describe the overwhelming feeling of joy I experienced seeing yeah. all those characters from my childhood in one place without knowing anything beforehand. Amazing. I'm 25 and I'm not afraid to say I bawled like a baby for both yeah. happy and sad reasons all the way through that film. I strongly believe I had a much more emotional reaction to that film than all my friends and I put solely down to the fact that I avoided everything before seeing it. Uh, I'm interested to hear your guys' opinions on this as mm. I understand trailers are important for marketing purposes. Absolutely, yeah. and they're part of the enjoyment of going to the cinema mm. um, and they're important to build hype. But I much prefer reading the synopsis online and looking at the reviews before watching something. Maybe this only works for big blockbuster films that are part of an already established franchise. I think franchise. reviews can also have a similar effect. Sorry, finish the email. No, it's easy, so maybe that only works for big blocks. I recognized IP where you kind of know what you're going to get. Yeah. So I was wondering, are there any films you guys have done this with? Or if you could go back, are there any films you could wish you experienced without knowing a single thing beforehand? Mm. Absolutely loving the pod and listening to you both share the same enthusiasm for films I have. Best wishes both. Best wishes both. Jordan, in brackets, new friend of the show. 
P.S. I can't believe the, Jar- the Charlie's Angels slander oh, I've been God. exposed to recently. Yeah. I was screaming Charlie's now. Angels in my car thinking it was an obvious <laughs> answer to the previous Matt LeBlanc question. <laughs> Thanks again if you if you read this out, lol. Not sent from my iPhone, sent from my iPhone. Thank you very much. Uh, um, we're starting to collect a list of films that we've very like passingly been like, who the hell's watching that? Yeah, and now yeah. we have like five years be like, I watched that. Yeah. I love that film. Uh, on trailers. Trailers. We, you and I have been campaigning for a while now that trailers really are yeah. ruining. And I think that is a byproduct of us being engaged in cinema and seeing a lot of films and obviously like we do a podcast where we want to talk about upcoming films and I think some of the structure of films of late where the final sequence is very action heavy and it's very that all the clips from that are very trailer worthy especially when it comes to superhero films and sort of big event films and really do feel like you're showing me that half of the film Mm. I'm getting a very good sense of where everyone's going to end up thus ruining a lot of suspense that comes with it I'll think about a film like Interstellar which you could never have really predicted where that ending would go based on the trailer I don't really think that a trailer for that film could ruin a story like that that being said not all films have plots and Mm you know, ideas that are like a quality yeah. of Interstellar. Um, I don't really know the solution. I think films do have to sell their film and they're going to have to show some of the best, most impressive bits to get people to say, wow, I do want to see that. But I, I don't think I'm in a position to stop watching trailers, which is very sad. I, well, I, you know me, I'm very, I'm much more You really, you really give it a good go, yeah. I do not watch trailers. I try not to, especially if I know what, like, so the Dune Part 2 trailer is out. Which was fantastic. I have not watched it yet. I was mm-hmm. going to, but my girlfriend said to me, oh, I think it shows too much. I know what and moment you, she kind of means, but I wasn't, when I watched it the first time, I thought, I so I might watch too. half of the trailer, enough to get, to whet my appetite, but I might then close off. Before I saw Guardians 2, I went to the cinema to see another film and they put the Guardians, th- sorry, Guardians 3, the Guardians 3 trailer on. Mm. And I did that. I mean, I was on my own, but I just, I don't care if I look weird. I just did the thing where I looked George, straight like down. George, like a man in prayer, covers his eyes and yeah. just sort of looks down to Just looks down because yeah. it's one thing to hear it, but if I see it, you'll remember it. So. I know exactly where to cut you off on the Dean Chu trailer if you want to watch it after the show. Sorry, the Wild Hogs are in town. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, I can, I can cut you off and give you a nice little in. But the, uh, just quickly on the Dune part two trailer. Oh God, I can't wait to see it. It looks fantastic. Well, do you know what? I've, what I, I want to see that on a screen the size of a Titan. Yes. And just blast it into my eyes. But in this trailer coming out, I was like, I really haven't thought about that first no. film at all. I, will, I think I'll rewatch it. I before. think I will rewatch it too, to be to give yeah. it a fair crack of the whip. Jordan, thank you very much. Thank for you so email. much, Jordan. Sorry about the Charlie's Angels slander. In with the next email. This next one's called Josh. He says, hi, boys. I'm from Australia. And right. I just wanted to say, I really like your podcast. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Recently, I found that I haven't seen a lot of movies considered to be the all-time classics. With a huge access to film on streaming services, I wanted to know if you guys have created a list of about 10 to 20 must-watch. I really enjoyed when you spoke about the 1001 movies to watch before you die book and wanted huh. to know your personal picks. Thanks, Josh. Josh, that is an amazing shout. And it's something that could easily take up an entire episode where you and I went through our parts because obviously yeah. like there is no definitive list of 10 to 20 must watch films that's completely dependent on who you are and what you've seen and what resonates but well, it's a cool idea th- here's my idea here's something I think we should do obviously I, I represent the show on Letterboxd with my yes. Letterboxd account that? I'm thinking because you and I will mention lots of films in an episode that we aren't reviewing we just refer to them oh do you remember that film they yes. did that the prestige being one yeah exactly i think we should build a list on letterbox that says mm. pulp kitchen approved yes. or pulp kitchen sanctioned truman show yeah and yeah. you know like a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about samuel L. jackson i said oh out of sight that steven soderbergh yeah it's really good and you were like oh okay cool and um 
And I was like, oh no, you really need to see that. That w- that's an example that would go on there. This is a great idea. A pulp kitchen sanctioned, but a, it a pulp kitchen be, approved list. I think it would have to be an infinite list because it would forever be added. It, to. Every episode, we would. I would. I'd make a note, a mental note of every film we bring up that we say, oh, that's such a good film. These aren't like the best films of all time. It's more films that we champion frequently yes. and that sort of a worth that we hold dear. May, and I think probably films that we're not going to put Star Wars one on there. It's yeah. like you know, you just you probably might not have seen, but hopefully you do. Great idea. I think, uh, and just I think, a great idea for an episode. Also, with Josh, I mean, like, with get, if you're just getting into film, I don't know if you are, but like, if you're just looking for like film classics, you can't go wrong with things like the 1001 book, um, you know, movies. Yeah, yeah. But also, it's just easy like, to slag that off, but I actually think it's, it's a very. It useful sounds tool. really basic, but like the IMDb top 20, 250. Yes, you just can go like, through. Make, that's just a way of making a start. Yeah. And soon enough, you'll find yourself exploring different things. This next email is from Cal, who says, Hi, Let. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. <laughs> he says, Hey, lads. My name is Cal, and I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, wow. Good morning, Baltimore. I've recently discovered the podcast, and I've been an avid listener ever since. Nice. Good to hear. I've always loved evaluating, ranking, and reviewing movies, and I'm so grateful yep. that you guys have created a platform for someone like me to learn about, about films. Yes, You're Cal, welcome. That's, why that's great. Here. I just watched the movie Prisoners with some yes. friends, and we were really disappointed with its ending. Oh. For a mystery thil- thriller to be good, in my opinion, the conclusion has to be something you work towards the entire movie. So once you reach the film's end, you can go back and see how the mystery led you to that point. Mm-hmm. This movie just tells you the answer without much build-up at all. However, the movie was shot in a very effective way. Yeah, it's Roger Deakins. It's incredible. As the visuals really nail the tone of the film. Also, Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal both deliver amazing performances. And but, Paul Dano. Yeah, I mean, and the whole cast is yeah, pretty good in there. All amazing. But I don't think it's enough to salvage the movie's poor ending. Please let me know what you guys think about the movie and I'm, and if I'm just completely wrong. P.S. Good Will Hunting is my favourite movie and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts about it. Keep up the good work. Cal, James, Prisoners. I haven't seen Prisoners uh, since I saw it in cinema in 2014-15, whenever yeah, it came out. 2013. 2013. Yeah. And I remember being completely captivated by it. And I was really trying I was really trying to unpack the mystery in my mind. I thought it was brilliant. I thought Jake Jim Hall was doing this sort of weird sort of like emo policeman thing. Yeah. But it was it was so good. And I thought the ending was it was really cool. And I I think I don't remember the details of the plot now, but I think. The fact that that person is the person who's done it, I'm trying to keep spoiler yeah. free, is if you watch it back, like uh, you, you could, you could, the clues are there. Yeah. Not overtly, but like it's there for you. And I thought that the, what I, I, I'm not trying to spoil it, the stillness of the whistle and that ending was a very like mapped, a tone for the ending that matched the rest of the movie. It wasn't sensational yeah. and, and crazy. It was, I it think- made sense. I I agree. I haven't seen it. I've only seen it. I, no, sorry, I have seen it, but I haven't seen it since I saw it that one time, mm. like ten years ago. I yeah, it is ten years old. I don't it? remember the ending being a complete knockout. I think I can't remember it enough, but I do. I, I kind of cool. Cal. I think I sort of get your thing of like I do get the element of like, oh, okay, that was actually quite simple an ending. Sure. I have a very minor similar thing with the ending of the first season of True Detective. Yeah. With how they. How they arrive at the conclusion that the person who did the thing did the thing yeah. is a little bit like, hey, what about that picture? Didn't that person say that thing? And I'm like, would people, would someone actually ever put those two and two things together? It's kind of like the sort of, there's a, there's a beauty in sometimes the most unremarkable solution being the answer. Yes. And if you can justify it, that's a cool way to do it. I just thought it was a very, in prisoners, I thought it was a very still and quiet, powerful mm. ending. I left the cinema being like, whoa. And just the performances, like when Hugh Jackman is interrogating Paul Dana and smashing the sink with the hammer. I really didn't like that, though. I it was it, hard. To, I thought it's it was hard. It's hard to yeah, because I, really I also difficult. just thought I was like, I don't like you doing this. This is not nice. No, it's not nice. But it's uh, 
Anyway, that Very was that good. email. This next one's from Joe. Says, hi guys, I recently came across your podcast and downloaded a bunch of episodes to listen to while on holiday in Italy recently. Oh, che bella. I like that. I Molto hope, bene. I hope whenever, I, whenever me and Georgia are on the phone and one of us is in Europe, there's always a siren and it's like the classic European siren. Yeah. I'm like... And also the moped sound of... Had quite a few long train journeys, so the pod was much appreciated. I downloaded a few older episodes and then some of your more recent ones. I've got to say, from the from early on, the quality always seems to have been top notch. Are you waiting to be like the quality was absolutely shocking? No, thank you, Joe. That's very glad for you to hear. I cannot watch our earlier episodes, which is a good thing because it means that we are getting better i think that's harsh on ourselves James. it is give harsh us, give us a break it, i think if you're not looking back at where you were a year ago and thinking, we're oh, seeing God, it from a so completely different perspective that's why yeah. yeah in episode 72 you were discussing best movie insults and yes. i was gutted to hear that neither of my two all-time favorite movie insults didn't get a mention they are one cousin avi saying shut up and sit down you big bald fuck to doug oh, the head yeah. and snatch <laughs> yeah that's so <laughs> true yeah. and probably these are very good and probably my favorite number two ralph fines shouting you're an inanimate fucking object oh. <laughs> to his wife during in bruges <laughs> as he smashes her phone to pieces they're two of my favorite films of all time too so i wondered what your opinions yeah. are on them love the pod and keep up the great work cheers is Joe from Liverpool. Uh, P.S. A controversial movie take I have is I prefer Monsters University over Monsters Inc. What? It's a real family favorite in my house, but the original is still amazing. Uh, sent from my Outlook from Android. And um, I will say, I can't, I can't get on board with that. Monsters University was a really Monsters disappointing, Netflix. unneeded prequel. It's, it's not bad. I'm just like, continue Monsters, Inc. Yes. Monsters, Inc. is one of the most amazing original yeah. ideas. It's really well realized. It's so clever. And I just wanted more in that universe. And he went back to do something that's got nothing to do. Yeah. With, it was just basically a college film. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely reducing it because I, I, I saw it very briefly when I was at uni. And I was like, well, I don't know why they went down that route. But good shout on the insults. That's yeah, great. we got someone else also, sending in an insult, which Ray is very good. Fiennes, Thank you, Ray Fines. Yeah. <laughs> You're an inanimate fucking You're object. An there's loads of good ones in Bruges as well, where it's like, yeah. I mean, when you know, when he, Brendan Gleeson sells Ray Fines, and he's like, you take that back. You redacted. All right, I redacted it, didn't I? <laughs> Call them up, children, bloody. C words. This last email is from Sadiq, who says, Yay! I just watched episode 73 and heard y'all say pulpets, and nice. I'm excited to hear it's catching on. Hey, guys, if you're listening, you might be a pulpet, you might be a kitchenette. Whatever, it's like jets and jets and sharks. It doesn't yeah. matter. You know, if you're one, you're the other. Doesn't worry. We'll have to define it at some point in the future. But you guys champion it. Uh, that's right, because Sadiq was writing from Canada, um, and I finally got an opportunity. He says to watch Rye Lane per oh, your recommendation, nice. which is now available on Disney Plus. By yes. the way, I found it very exciting. The mm. cinematography and the play on the eye hold camera, wide angle movements, and character switching made for an enjoyable movie experience. Mm. One more thing I enjoyed was the realness of the characters, portraying yeah. their environment in such a way that is relatable. An, an absolute must-watch to other pulpets out there. Thank mm. you again. They Speak. felt like um, very real characters in a sort of very uh, larger-than-life environment, yeah. which I always thought uh, worked really nicely. And uh, Sadiq, I love that you sent this from your work email yes. as a consultant with a very professional signature with your yeah. uh, email address, your Canadian phone number. I won't obviously out yeah. to you from which consulting firm, but nice to know that we're just uh out there amongst the consultants yes yeah. and out very sort of i'm an importer exporter people yeah importer <laughs> export latex <laughs> yeah but guys um, thank you so much for sending in your emails and thank you to the people who this week uh, came up to me listeners who came up to me on the tube and said they listen and said hi which is very kind oh well welcome yes nice hello i always do say hello if you do yes i was with you 
moments before. Yes. <laughs> and I find it really, uh, like, if someone says, oh, I've seen your TikToks. Yeah. I'm not to, like, brag, but, like, those get quite a lot of views. And I'm like, oh, like, nice. Like, I sort of understand that. Mm. When a listener... Yes. Like, because they're not, they're not, like, we have a few thousand, but it's not... Someone who has spent hours with us. Like, it's a very intimate thing. When they mm. say, like, I'm like, wow, you, you found me. Like, yeah. like that's really quite... They're all of me. They're all of me. Got <laughs> something me in a dress because it's all blue and wiggly. Uh, thank you very much. As always, guys, send in your emails to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. As ever, James, let's finish this episode with some games. We do love a game, don't we? We do. And I've tried to come up with some new ones this week. I hope the audience liked the games. I assumed they did. Do you guys? I hope so. I, I hope it's like, a nice way to send you out into the world leave afterwards. You a bit of trivia, get the brain racing. Get a little chuckle. Keep, keep you sharp. Yes, and focus. For this first round, James. Okay. Here we go. I would like you... Mm-hmm. I'm not going to give you a time limit. Okay. But I would like you to guess the actor from their real name. Guess the actor. Do you understand? What? From their real name. I'm going to name you a list of actors. Yeah. And I'm going to name you... I'm going to name a list... Sorry. Okay, okay. <laughs> you want me to explain? Mean? Sorry. I understand your confusion. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to name you a list of actors by their real names. Okay. And you're going to have to try and guess which actors those are. Okay. What do you mean actors by their real names? Their real names. They're not their stage names. Oh. Their real oh, names. Nice. Their real life. Yes, okay, okay, okay. Because, okay, yeah, fine. Sorry. Gotcha. We, I mean, I what I you said wasn't... What? Guess the, char- guess the no, actor no, no, no. the character. But, what yeah. I said wasn't incorrect. That's but it's, fine. I said, I'm in. Okay, I got you. Okay. I got you. So this list of actors have stage names. Can you guess who they are from their real names? Okay. In three, two, one. Mark Sinclair. Uh, Mark Rylance. Vin Mark. Diesel. What? <laughs> I know, I know, what? I know, right? Thomas Mapatha the Fourth. Tom Hiddleston. No. Oh, um, Thomas. Bigger. Say it again. Thomas Mapatha the Fourth. Cruise. Tom Cruise. What? Indeed. Yep. Um, Natalie Hirschlag. Natalie Hirschlag. Who would that be? No idea. Natalie Hirschlag. Go on. Natalie Portman. What? Natalie. Yep. Morris Micklewhite. <laughs> These aren't real names. <laughs> they are. Morris Micklewhite. Morris, who, I've got That's no an old idea. fashioned name. Think of an age of a person. Morris Micklewhite, Ian McKellen? Michael Caine. Oh, um, yes, that's good. Margaret Mary Emily Ann. Margaret Mary Emily Ann. Maggie Smith? No, Meg Ryan. Oh. Olivia Cockburn. Olivia Coleman. No. Uh, Olivia Cockburn. Other... Uh, Olivia Wilde? Correct. Demetria Jean Gaines. Demetria Jean Gaines. Yeah. Demetria Jean. Yeah. Demetria Jean Gaines. Demetria. Demi Moore. Oh, wow. Eric Marlon Bishop. Eric Banner? No. Uh, hold on. You're not going to get it. Eric Marlon Bishop. No, go on. Jamie Foxx. <laughs> what? This one is a bit of a half one because this person is also famous for doing something else. Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanotta. 
Angelina Jolie. No. Stephanie Joanne. Angelina Germanotta. No idea. Lady Gaga. Oh, okay. Vera Mindy Jekyllingham. Vera Farmiga. No, Vera Mindy Jekyllingham. Sorry. Oh. Vera Mindy Jekyllingham. Mindy Kaling? Correct. <laughs> Christopher John Grace. This is a bit of a trick one. Christopher Lee? Christopher John Grace. Christopher John Grace. <laughs> I don't know. Topher Grace. Oh, God, that's so... That's yeah, neat. I know. Julie Ann Smith. Julianne Moore. Correct. Karen Elaine Johnson. Carrie Fisher. No. Karen Elaine Johnson. Uh, no. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg. What? And lastly, Joaquin Raphael Bottom. Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. <laughs> I know. Bottom. Bottom. Yeah. <laughs> so, an interesting I'm rethink. sorry. I am completely mind blown that basically everyone has a stage name. Yes, absolutely. That was fascinating. So, I mean, isn't, isn't Emma Stone also? No, she's Emily. She's, she's Emily, Emily something Stone. Yeah. Like, yeah, Emily God, Jean that's Stone. that's really... Some of those are really... I know. Some of them are completely... Like Eric Marlon Bishop for Jer Jamie Foxx. What? Whoopi Goldberg got hers because she said that when she was starting out that you don't have a lot when she was in theatre apparently she did this in an interview you don't have a lot of time to like go to the bathroom and be on your road so she would just like if you have any gas you're just gonna let it out so people would be like you're like a whoopee cushion and then it starts to give yourself like, I think Whoopi Goldberg is a great name yeah, but like yeah. to give yourself the name Whoopi I know. and then Goldberg to just make it up which is like a sort of but Jewish also, name <laughs> but uh, Mark Sinclair for Vin Diesel what I know that, that's funny because he was like action star like you thought Vin, of course, Vin Diesel's not real, not a real name. Yeah, of course, Vin, Vin and he, Diesel. And he does a series called Fast and Furious. Yeah, and his last name is Diesel. It's like calling yourself like Peter Petrol. Yeah, like, like Michael Petroleum. Anyway, that was that Amazing. round. Very interesting. Love that. Okay, I got what like two or three, maybe. I think it was more of what a, was Tom Cruise's on again. Thomas Mapother the Fourth. Mapother the Fourth. I know, right? Because like, isn't it so lame that like I'm an actor, my last name is going to be Cruise. I know. It's, it's just so uncool. But like, small, like I, the interesting makes... one is where to like like so Meg Ryan's is Margaret Mary Emily Anne. So you've got like Anne for Ryan, Mary Anne, Mary Ryan. It's it's all in there. And then the um, the Julianne Moore one. Her name is literally Julie. Yeah, yeah, and, that I could see. And I yeah. could, it's just like you get the Incredibles uh, theory music. Da, 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 da. We're just like assembling the names. That was brilliant. Thank Love you that. very much. Our next game is this. Okay. Oh, God, everyone's just faking the names. You should be able to do this next one, okay? Okay. Name 10 British actors that appear in the Harry Potter franchise that aren't the main three. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Maggie Smith, Alan Rickman, mm -hmm. Brendan Gleeson, mm -hmm. uh, uh, David Thewlis, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Michael Gambon. How many have we got to get? Uh, it's 10. Um, we have got... Um, who is... Fuck. Um, who's the one who plays Neville? Um, Indeed, James. Who is the one who plays Neville? Uh, we've got Ray Fiennes. We've got uh, um, uh, Jason Isaacs. We've got... 10 seconds. Um... Five seconds. Uh, 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 what's the name? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> I'll take Kenneth Branagh. Uh, did you say Jason Isaacs? Yeah, so okay. Jason Isaacs. Uh, what, isn't um, Timothy Spall? Timothy Spall. Imelda yeah. Staunton. Uh, Gary Oldman. Yeah, Gary Oldman. Yeah. Imelda Staunton. Imelda Staunton. Emma Thompson. Uh, yes. Um, Robert, Robbie Coltrane. 
Robbie Coltrane. Um, so Zoe Wanamaker, Miriam Margulies. He's the one who's Bellatrix Estrange. Um, uh, Bellatrix. Uh, Helen Bonham Helen Carter. Bonham exactly. Carter. Yep. But Very good. Nice. So you thought got, I'd get it, but I slowed down. Because yeah. you could get the, it's the uh, Jim Broadbent, Bill Nye, yes, the entire yes. roll the teachers, of, basically. Yeah. You do the teachers. Uh, that was that. Well Who's done. Who's the one who plays um, Arthur Weasley? I, I kept getting fixated on Arthur. him. Arthur. Is it Don, Donald Gleeson? No. He's, he's Irish. The, yeah. Anyway. He's the mad... Uh, no, Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, That's Mad Eye Moody. Brendan Gleeson's Mad Eye. But Donald Gle- is, is the uh, is Bill. Plays Bill. Anyway, well done for that. Nice. Okay, last one, James. Mm-hmm. Can you name all of the MCU films that feature Nick Fury? You have forty-five seconds. Go. Okay, Captain America: Civil War, Captain America: One, Captain America: Two, Iron Man: Two, Avengers: Assemble, Avengers: Age of Ultron, Avengers: Infinity War. I don't think he's in Endgame. Is he in Endgame? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to say Captain Marvel. I'm going to say, um, is it 10? There are 10. There's I have uh, Incredible Hulk at the end. And then... Um, no, he's not in Incredible Hulk. He's just referenced. Is he in the final? No, that's, that's, him, that's him and Tony Stark. It's, okay. it's um, William Hurt. Then I'll go for, what else is he in? I don't know Captain America's. Um, There's one more that you can include in a post credit scene. Two, Ugh, one. On. What is it? Okay, so let's just let's just recap on that because yeah. I didn't actually have an exact number, but you you Fine. got you got most of them. So yes, he's in Iron Man one. You got that. Yeah. He's in Iron Man two. Did you say Thor? No. He's, so he's in a post credit scene yes, with Thor. Right. He's in Captain America: The First Avenger. Did you yeah. say that? You did yeah. say that. He's in the Avengers. Yeah. He's in Captain America: Winter Soldier. Did is you he say in Age that? of Ultron? Let me get to that. Yeah. Did you say Winter Soldier? Yes, I said Captain yep. America's two. He is in Age of Ultron. He turns up at the farm when they're trying to work yes, out. Yes, that's right. He is in Infinity War. He gets blipped at the end. Yeah. He is in Captain Marvel. You're absolutely right. He's he not is, in Endgame, He though. is. He's at the funeral. He's uh, at the end, he's at the yes, funeral. He does okay. count. And what well, you didn't say, he's in the post credit scene for... Um, uh, it's not actually in the post credit scene. He's in all of Far From Home. Yes. Oh, yeah, great shot. And it's at the end that he's revealed to be a scroll. Yes. That's he's it. not in um, Spider-Man's one or two, is he? I don't believe so, no. Homecomings. Nope. And, yeah. So I don't know how, what the number is there, but you you got you missed no, out. He's in far. He's in far from home. That's why we just said. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. That's one. So you've got you got missed out two. I'd say. Nice. Those are my games. Lovely. That was our little ending session for this this Guys, episode. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pop Kitchen. We really really appreciate you being here with us today, as we do every week. I hope you guys enjoy the bonus content out there. There will be a spoiler discussion of Guardians, so do go and check that out once you've seen the film. Don't forget, we post new episodes of this show every single Wednesday. I did miss last week because of work and flying in, it's but fine. we try. It we happens. try. You guys know what's up. And as ever, guys, please continue to support us by following us on Instagram, on TikTok, and liking and subscribing and sharing our clips and telling people about it. And uh, uh, we really appreciate it. Spreading the word. And yeah, just look out for any bonus content we put out that James James has already just mentioned, the spoiler one. But um, continue to be engaged with us. Whether you're a pulpit or a kitchenette. Subscribe to the YouTube, guys. Give us some love. Yes, Go over there and give us a big subscribe. We're always doing fun things on our Instagram. We should yeah. know, we should have posted something of us at Guardians, but we can be honest. We did. We, we were having a, a day classes. off. We were having a day off. <laughs> but yeah, we will post whenever we get invited to fun things. But hopefully some very cool yes, fun things are coming in the things. future. Yes. So if you want to keep up with where we are and what we're doing, I strongly recommend you look at our Instagram and our TikTok. Thanks That's very much. for now. Little tease. See you next week. See you next week.
Bye.